Hi, we're Cardigan Academy, your helpers for all things parenting, mental health, and education. Today we have a letter from a listener concerned about acceptance of a non-binary child. If you have a situation you'd like our therapist and teacher advice on, you can submit your letter at cardiganacademy.com. Dear Cardigan Academy, my child has recently come out as non-binary and uses they, them pronouns. I am completely supportive and trying to help as much as I can. The thing is, my parents actively speak about how there are only two genders and are homophobic. I am afraid my child will never be able to express their true selves without hiding it from them. Especially since my mother loves them, I need advice on how to handle this and not damage their relationship. Thanks, mystery parent. This is a weighty subject, and it's one that I, I do see a lot of parents encountering nowadays mm -hmm. because kids are more open, uh, the younger generations are more open about sexuality and gender, and so these are somewhat new things to older generations especially. There's two different types of thought here, right? There's like the grandparents in this letter who are not accepting, but I have more conversations with people who are trying to be accepting and are just struggling, I think, with understanding or getting the hang of it or uh, learning to let go of being so afraid of messing up mm -hmm. that they're just not having the conversations at all. You and I, Devani, even have conversations together ourselves about avoiding gendered language. How do we avoid gendered mm -hmm. language and stay away from gender roles. I, I'm sure we're not 100% perfect at it, but we are, you know, making that effort. Yeah. So first, I think we just want to commend you for being supportive of your child, no matter what, and just validate that it is difficult sometimes to bridge that generational gap between wanting what's best for your child and also wanting to protect them. Like the grandparents are saying these things and don't realize that they're talking about their own grandchild. I think that's an important thing for all of us to remember when we're talking about any opinions we may have. You never know who you're talking to, who knows someone, everybody knows someone. You love someone mm -hmm. who is exploring their gender, who is exploring their sexuality. And when you talk about it from a place of thinking you know better than they know themselves, it's just always starting off on the wrong foot. No wonder your child is apprehensive about this with their grandparents. I've spoken very openly about my experience leaving Mormonism and I left for many reasons, but one of the biggest reasons was I was not okay with how the LGBTQ community was being treated. When I left, it, it was on principle. At the time, I didn't know, my kids were on the young side for, things, conversations like this. So mm -hmm. it was, it was just on principle that I didn't want to raise my kids in an environment where there were these, these, there were, there was actually moves made to kind of make it so they didn't 
people in the LGBTQ community didn't have certain rights. And I thought I didn't feel comfortable raising my kids in an environment like that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I talked to a lot of people who their kid comes out or their sibling comes out, someone comes out of the closet and says who they are and lives their truth. And then suddenly now people have to confront their belief system and confront what they're going to do now, like what's going to take precedence, the person or the belief system. Mm -hmm. And so I know so many people who have left for that reason. And I have a lot of respect for someone loving their family so much that they do that. But like you just said, I would hope that whether or not you're related to a person shouldn't really yeah. make that difference. Yeah, you shouldn't have to live something to be able to empathize with it. Yes. That's yes. a large part of what I see wrong with society as a whole right now. That's a whole nother conversation. If someone's related and that's the thing that, that, that makes sense. A lot of times it's like, oh, because, you know, I think there was a time people would talk about gay people and it was like this thing out there. Mm -hmm. And as more and more people did come out, I think it's one of the reasons why the movement and the, and the, and marriage equality and a, a lot of things in, in a sense happened somewhat quickly, not quickly enough, not quickly enough. And it should never have been a thing, but we saw a lot of progress relatively quickly to other civil rights movements. Mm -hmm. And, and I think I read an article about it that basically said part of it is because as people started coming out, not that that should be a burden on them for this, but as people did come out, more and more people knew someone who was gay because no, it was like, oh, that's my coworker. That's my cousin. That's my. And so then when people were talking about rights, it wasn't this nebulous something out there for someone out there. Almost everybody was like, oh, wait, that's my friend Joan or that's mm -hmm. my friend Bill. Wait, that's not OK. I want them to be happy. You know, that sort of thing. So yeah. there can be a softening, a change when it's someone you're related to for some people. I graduated in 2000 just for a frame of reference, but I think my generation was getting better at accepting different sexualities. Mm -hmm. And the gender exploration has been a newer conversation. There are a lot of people that are trying to learn as fast as they can. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate when we are allowed the space to do that. Like I joined a Facebook group to learn more about gender issues and that's what this group is for. So I don't feel like I'm lurking. <laughs> that's what it, you know, that's the intention to like uh, raise these voices and let people explain their stories and let us witness it to have a deeper understanding. I listened to a podcast called 50 Shades of Gender where they just interview someone every week on their experience. And that has been really helpful in learning more. So I'm wondering if mystery parent can start to have a conversation with the grandparents without the child present and maybe not even yet getting to the point that you're explaining why, but just starting to say, hey, I was listening to this podcast or I was reading this article or I've been studying what's best for kids mental health, start to have some conversations, start to chip away at those ideas that there are only two genders. I think that's a really good idea. I, I've also joined some of those groups online to help understand better. Um, I'm in a group where you can kind of ask anything and it's definitely a group for education. And so 
sometimes in today's climate, I think, I mean, I know I have felt this way. I'm almost nervous to ask a question because I'm nervous I'm going to word it the wrong way and people are going to jump down my throat. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. sometimes people start to go at people for how something was worded. And then now we're not having a conversation about the bigger picture. And that's not to say that those things ought not be pointed out at times, but this group takes that out of it in the name of, it's almost like a growth mindset approach of, you know, yeah, you might stick your foot in your mouth and you might say something, but they are so kind and patient in their explanation. And that's what they set the group up for. They said as mm -hmm. much, they know they're taking on this emotional labor. It is a labor of love for them. And it is by choice that they want to help educate people. So it feels like a very safe place to ask questions and explore. And I think that environment is really helpful. I like how you specifically said, have these conversations when the child is not present, because those first conversations, given what mystery parents said about these grandparents, are pretty risky that some mm -hmm. hurtful things could be said. So I think you're right that just exploring the topic generally is better outside of earshot of the kids. Yeah, and I think it'll give the mystery parent a more clear idea of how this might go if or when their child feels comfortable having that conversation with their grandparents. I agree. I think at the root of this too, there's a parenting tip I would give that I would give to anybody. Um, and there's some overlap here with mental health. There's a mental health concept that is easier said than done and takes a lot of practice, but it's that idea that what other people think of us doesn't change who we are. It can certainly make us uncomfortable and feel unsafe or safe, depending. Um, but learning to not put so much weight into what other people think of, uh, about us is sometimes a lifelong work in progress. Mm -hmm. um, but that is something I've told my kids from a really, really young age is I've really tried to make an effort to help them be comfortable in their own skin. And it's human nature. We're going to worry about what other people think of us to some extent. But even starting with them young to understand that that's not the focus, that's not, don't make decisions based solely on that. Um, that's something I would definitely reinforce with the child. But I want to say that the first priority here is the child mm -hmm. and their safety and their mental health over the grandparents' objections. Right. When the letter says that the grandparents love this grandchild, that then will be the grandparents to rectify in their own mind. And it's really hard because you're, you're talking about your parents or your in-laws and your child. Of course, you want this to be the most supportive relationship it can be. Yes, you're going to protect your child, but you may, in doing so, you may need to distance yourself from the grandparents. Mm-hmm and or allow your child to distance themselves from the grandparents if this becomes a toxic relationship. And we work with people all the time that are recovering from toxic childhoods. And I think a conversation will be beneficial. I guess I'm suggesting two things. I'm suggesting you talk to the grandparents and feel it out and then maybe also have a conversation with your child, depending on how old they are, how would they like to handle it? Not to put it all on them, but if they want to, this to be well-known and they should feel comfortable enough to be at that place. If they do, then the, the grandparents are either going to learn to accept it and love the child, or like I said, we can cut off that relationship. And that might just be temporary. But there are also some kids that are exploring this and maybe aren't quite ready to 
fully, what do I want to say, state Mm -hmm. who they are. And so in that case, there is more time for you to start having these conversations with the grandparents that aren't specific to this particular situation. Right. And, And in doing this, letting them know they can ask you questions. If the child does decide they want to be open about it, um, you know, is it, are you setting something up where they can ask the kids questions? But it has mm-hmm. to be, you know, without judgment and snide comments or, you know, the idea of we're also learning here. We, the parents, right? We're mm-hmm. learning and we invite you to learn along with us. And you explain very clearly what will and will not be tolerated. Boundaries. <laughs> exactly. You can yeah. 100% and ought to set a boundary with this where you can validate that it's new to them, that this may be new and maybe even uncomfortable for them, and then offer some resources, Mm -hmm. even though the World Health Organization has information and articles to educate on their site, and there's tons of resources out there. So you can validate and offer resources, but explain what they need to do in order to continue a healthy relationship. And maybe that's also a good conversation to be having with a child. And and it doesn't even have to be particular to the grandparents. So you sit your child down and you say, let's practice putting some boundaries in place when people may not be as accepting. You know, it's okay for you to distance yourself from people who are not accepting as you explore who you are. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good approach to it. And these are definitely conversations to have with the child. I talked to my youngest before recording today and asked their permission, basically, like, is it okay for me to mention? And they said, yes. So my youngest is non-binary and that's been a a recent thing we've learned. And so we're learning to navigate all that, which is, you know, a process with the pronouns and all the different things. And what does this word mean? And what does that, we ask a lot of questions and we have that kind of home where we can ask one another questions. And one of the things that they said to me today was, because I, I shared this letter with them and said, you know, what, what would you say? Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of really, really good advice. And one of the things that they said is that the child and the parents, but they need to consider, is it better to hide who you are in order to maintain a relationship, which can be damaging mm-hmm. to your soul, right? Or be yourself and risk the relationship. So you have to weigh this out mm-hmm. and between that and the boundary and educate, helping to educate, though it's not entirely your responsibility, but to begin that process with the grandparents. There's a lot of components here to hopefully make this a smooth situation where the grandparents' love of the child will outweigh any needing to feel like they're right. Right. And that's really good advice. And I think what I was trying to get out is that you are supporting your child either way. If they're not Mm -hmm. quite ready to have that conversation with the grandparents, or if they're absolutely ready and you are ready to support them to put any boundaries in place to protect themselves then. Yeah. Yeah. And I know when we tell our kids things like, I'm with you, I've, I've got you, you know, 100%, you, you know yourself, you're capable and I am right here with you and I will not let you, I, I will not stand by and allow anyone to hurt you. Um, or I'm here in whatever capacity you want me to be in, but something that lets them know that you have their back. Mm-hmm. That's such a big thing in life, in anything. I mean, whenever we know someone has our back, we, we're a little bit more willing to take that step into the unknown and this, it makes a difference. And it's so important that they know that 
we love them and we've got them. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we will have more conversations on the podcast about all of this. We would eventually like to have each of our kids on separately. And so when we do have Max on, I would love to learn more about their experience specifically. And I think everybody, it's human reaction to be resistant to change. Mm -hmm. And I know this is like a very small comparison, but I'm thinking about when I read something I wrote 10 years ago, I would do two spaces after a period because that's what we learned to do. <laughs> yep. And at first when they said, oh, no, it's one now, I was like, what? No. But soon it became a habit. And I think the same thing happens with pronouns. At mm -hmm. first, you may stumble over it a little bit, and that's okay, as long as your child knows you're trying your best. And again, there's two different things, right? There's the resistance to change because you're digging in and doubling down and saying, I don't, this conflicts with my belief system, and that is toxic. The other one is, I'm willing to learn, and please have patience with me as I do. For example, I was having a conversation with Daniel, my eight-year-old, about Max and said, hey, did you know Max uses they, them pronouns? And Daniel said, I've never had to do that before. And I said, okay, let's practice. And Evelyn was there too. And I said, what do you love about Max? And so we had this really amazing conversation about all the things we love about Max. <laughs> and anytime someone used the wrong pronoun, we would very gently correct ourselves or correct each other. Mm -hmm. It was just such a fun exercise because we were practicing. And also, like I said, <laughs> it was fun to talk about Max. It was fun to hear Daniel talk about how amazing GamerPal is. Aww. I remember when you told me that and I told Max and that really, really made them feel so good. They just got a huge smile on their face because it was so, that's just a sweet way to do it. And I think as parents, we often have this responsibility, right, that we are bridging that generational gap of here I am helping my eight-year-old through it. Mm -hmm. And then this person writing the letter is talking about helping their parents through it, which again might be different because this might not be a resistance or a lack of knowledge as much as a resistance to change, accepting this at all. Yes. Um, and those are two different things. I'm going to continue to say that because I feel like that's a very big point. And I think you can get an idea of where a person is just by having a conversation with them. But I think as parents, we all often have this responsibility to both generations and we're simultaneously learning and doing mm -hmm. our best ourselves. And so, again, I think I just want to commend that you are doing all of that. Yeah, you bring up such a good point about the modeling you know especially straddling those two generations and those principles like we always talk about the principle of openness the principle of it being okay to make a mistake and then correcting it so modeling that openness modeling i'm learning about these things modeling oops sorry they mm -hmm. and, and moving on and also when look we mess up at home you know you in fact listeners may now <laughs> notice on the podcast that I mess up sometimes and I know at home when any of us mess up when someone else says they we don't respond with defensiveness or mm -hmm. like we don't say like oh sorry or, blah, blah, blah. or this is just really hard for, don't make it about how hard it is for you right right it reminds me of the, uh, the podcast we did recently on uh, apologies right yeah. so just simply say you know oops or just 
ah, sorry they and yeah. and move on like and it is it is just it takes time and practice and so because again at the foundation of our relationships with one another is love and mutual respect everyone in this house knows that no one would ever hurt another person in this house mm-hmm. on purpose or be malicious and so we know that sometimes we mess up and that there's a learning curve and i gotta say max is very patient with it and i have let them know i said just so you know a lot of times when we're using the pronouns it's actually when max is not in the room right because mm-hmm. we're talking about max and i said i i i let them know i said i want you to know that when you're you know downstairs playing video games and we're talking about you and saying using pronouns we're correcting each other we're calling each other out gently like hey don't forget and kate uh this was before she left for college and she said yeah that's true i like she's seeing it like she knows mm-hmm. she's correcting us sometimes and so and max got a big smile on mm-hmm. their face and was like pleased to hear that because it is true when you when you use pronouns a lot of times you're talking really about the person not to the person mm-hmm. um but he had or see i just did it again <laughs> they they have said that they really appreciate that and that when they hear us using it or correcting ourselves or catching ourselves that it it does mean a lot and it reminds me of some time ago you and you and i talk about this in our parenting clubs devany that idea that when you talk to your kids about dating that you say you know mm. some someday when you're dating someone your partner or yep. when we don't use gendered language with regard to talking about dating in the future, we leave that open so that we're not assuming it's going to be mm-hmm. a boyfriend or a girlfriend and that how that sets the stage and lets them know that you don't have an idea in mind that you're mm-hmm. tied to. It kind of reminds me a little bit of that. And one way that we can practice that with gender is by avoiding gendered language ourselves, um, talking about like say you're giving a presentation instead of saying that guy in the black shirt you say that individual in the back row you're you're you please or instead of sir or ma'am maybe just say yes please mm-hmm. daniel did this the other day too we have we have roadside bingo in the van and he looked at it and i guess you're supposed to find a man or a woman or a boy or a girl and he said i mean how can I assume gender just looking at someone walking down the street? I said, yeah, you're right. That roadside bingo is really outdated. <laughs> See, and he's eight. Yeah. Like this is just there. We can learn so much from our kids, from the younger generation is, you know, a, a recent thing is, too, is a lot of people to say my, what are their preferred pronouns? And I've recently mm. heard, and this makes sense to me, get rid of that word preferred. Yeah. It's not preferred. Those are their pronouns. So little every time i learn a little thing like that i keep trying to add it to my sort of toolbox of inclusion Mm -hmm. because what are we doing here right we're including people and letting them know they're safe and loved with us so introducing yourself with your own pronouns normalizes Mm -hmm. if we make a mistake apologize and move on or correct it and move on be open to be to being corrected without defensiveness and one thing max told me too to keep in mind he said keep in or they said ha See, they said, keep in mind, everyone's experience with gender is different. So Mm -hmm. don't assume. And this is where we can ask questions. What does that mean? What is this word? What does, how does this work? And sometimes I'll start a question with, I'm worried this might be kind of sound 
either bad or like clueless, but could you help me understand? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, go ahead. It's okay. And I sort of explain it and then the kids educate me. Mm -hmm. And if it's not someone that you can ask, if you don't have someone in your life, you can also do that research on your own. What does demigirl mean? I'm going to look it up. What does it mean to this person? What does it mean? You know, what are, there's so many flags. Sometimes I don't know what the different ones are and I'm learning that as well. And it's one of our principles here at Cardigan Academy that we accept all people always mm -hmm. and that we will always provide a safe space for them to be who they are. So I appreciate you feeling comfortable asking us this question. Warmly, Cardigan Academy. If you have a situation you'd like our teacher and therapist advice on, you can submit your own Dear Cardigan Academy letter at cardiganacademy.com. 